All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of A Chat with Matt. Today, I am joined by someone who I'm actually very excited to talk to, CMA Ontario-nominated artist, David Boyd James. What's going on, brother? What's going on, dude? Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Well, of course. Thank you for coming on. We got we got the incense going, relax. We got chill <laughs> vibes on this Friday when we're recording this Friday morning. So, so, so how's it hanging, man? Like, wh- what have you been up to for the past bit? Um, things are good, man. Just doing lots of writing and uh, working on music. Um, you know, just kind of hanging out, um, trying to do all the all the proper things to stay safe and do my part um, during this pandemic. And uh, we were doing a lot of rehearsals um, up until the recent lockdown. So definitely missing the band and uh, excited to get back in the studio as soon as possible. Yeah, I saw that the CMA Ontario event just got pushed from it was like end of May until about the beginning of September, something like that is what I saw. Yeah. And, and you know what? My hat's off to them um, for even putting everything together to pull it off in May um, you know, and, and just moving it to September now. So I'm excited to see my friends. Um, I'm excited to be there. Um, incredibly excited and honored to be a performer at this year's awards. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's all awesome. No. And, and congratulations on your nomination as well. It's a massive, massive thing, especially I've always been fascinated with the Canadian country scene because it, it seems to be overshadowed a lot by like you know american country and like there are truly some phenomenal canadian country acts that are on the horizon and and i checked out a lot of your stuff before we do this because you know i got i got at least somewhat prep but um (laughs) it's uh it's truly great to see what y'all are doing and i and i'm very curious to see where this next wave is going to go especially with the pandemic because something that i've talked about a lot on this podcast is that this is the time where people are being creative and working on new material and, 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 and country music is so driven by personal experience. Like what, what's some of the stuff you've been focusing on writing wise that you've kind of been pulling inspiration from during this time? Um, I mean, you know, I think the first three months of the pandemic were just um, WTF, you know, it was like, what is, what does this mean? Um, is this for real? Um, you know, it was just such a shock. And, and I think, you know, um, because I don't know anyone personally that has been affected by it, um, you know, we know now it's very real and it's a very serious thing. Um, you know, but it it just seems like a dream, you know? So it's, it's, we just, I don't watch television. I don't watch the news. So I get all my news secondhand, Um, and, but it's not that I'm ignorant to it. It's that I choose to stay away, um, you know, from that stuff and in terms of television and and news, because it's so negative. And I feel like being a writer, um, like you said, you know, we pull our inspirations from our experiences and, um, I'm scared to watch the news, you know, because it's just, it's just so negative and I don't want that to come out in my music. So, um, I try to, um, pull a lot of my inspirations from personal situations, personal stories, uh, personal experiences, um, or, you know, uh, on a, on a more interesting note, 
I try to pull my inspirations from things that may not have even happened yet, but I want them to happen. Um, you know, my whole thoughts become things mantra is a, is a real thing that I live day in and day out. Um, and I, and I try to execute that in my music as well, you know, um, to try and tell stories of things that have happened or are currently happening. Um, but also to set up things in the future that I wish to happen. So in a way, it's almost like it's that what's that expression, the positive manifestation kind of concept where you're trying to will something into existence. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this podcast with you in my old bedroom where I grew up and, you know, this is the room where I wrote, um, you know, summertime feeling, for example, is my first single that went to country radio, uh, completely different from the vibe of my new record that's coming out now. But I mean, that happens with artists. We, we grow, we change, um, you know, things happen in our life that, that changes our, um, delivery with our music. And, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I just, tr I try to pull, uh, all of my songs from real places of, you know, things, places I've been, things I've seen, or places I want to go and things I want to see. No. And I, and I think that's a wonderful thing to do, be able to throw yourself into that creative aspect. And that's something I've always admired about country music writers, because like for, for my music myself, I, I, I dig into that very deep, more of a dark personal place, but country music has always fascinated me because it's truly a genre of storytellers and people like yourself, past, present, and future and it's interesting that you're in the your childhood room that's very that's actually very funny because i i want to i was curious about like kind of the beginning of your career and and what was kind of the lead up to the first single to so on and so forth to basically like the process and changes from beginning to now um i mean my my story starts back when i was like 12 years old 13 years old um just loving music and not really understanding that, you know, a career was manifesting. Um, you know, I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. You know, I did a talent show when I was in grade six and I, I sang ice ice baby by vanilla ice and, you know, the girls went crazy and, and I just thought, Oh, this is, I like this. I like this attention. I like this. <laughs> All I got to do is a little bit of ice ice baby, you know? And, uh, People are sharing their lunches with me. It was great. Um, <laughs> you know, but I think as we get older, obviously it changes and it becomes more about a passion and, you know, we get all artsy fartsy and it just, it just becomes something completely different. Um, but I, I started with rock music. Uh, I was in a rock band called Running Against Radar. You know, I did the whole circuit in Toronto, Reverb, Cathedral, Opera House, Mod Club, um, the Big Bop. You know, we played We played them all. And uh, uh, the band went, we won a contest called Emergenza, which is still a thing today. Um, and we won the Canadian title and we went over to Europe and we opened for the Darkness and Bloodhound Gang in uh, Rottenburg, Germany. Um, and the guys decided to party and, you know, uh, were hung over the night, the, the night before our show. And, uh, and that really discouraged me, you know, so I... I, uh, I left the band. I quit and I turned my back on music for almost 10 years and just did karaoke stuff um, just to kind of keep the burning passion of music going. Um, but 
that's kind of where everything started. And then um, I came out of a three-year relationship abruptly. Um, fun, funny enough, it was a year ago, sorry, four years ago yesterday um, that I made the decision to walk away from my house and my, my career and chase this passion in music. Um, so I went, I actually went down there last night and just kind of like reminisced in that thought. Um, but I just started writing music, you know, it just started coming. I just started pulling. Um, it was like dusting off the old bike seat and taking it for a rip, you know? And, uh, um, I forgot your question, but <laughs> no, you're, you're answering it beautifully because it, it and it, it's interesting that I asked you kind of a retrospective question and you're back in your old childhood room. You're going back to old places and reminiscing. And, that, and that's truly a remarkable thing. Uh, Thank you. What, what, what made you go towards country specifically? Cause you, you go from ice ice baby, which I mean, you could still bring that back. That'd be a fun cover to do on stage one day. Um, <laughs> country ice ice baby uh, to a rock band where you're going Europe internationally, take away music, for 10 years stepping away going through life as you are and then restarting and going into country what what was it for country that made it click was it something from your childhood or was it something that you just always had an interest in um country music has always been cranked in my house my my family's from newfoundland uh, my father's from harvard grace my mother's from bell island and um you know we always had the classics um playing uh, on a record player as a matter of fact um, you know, so it's always been in my blood. It's always been something I've appreciated. And I think, I think I just needed a dose of my own medicine, you know? Um, and what I mean by that is I had this idea that how can I form a country band in one of the biggest cities in the world? You know, nobody listens to country music in Toronto. Um, that was the old me in, in the sense of the way I thought about things. Um, but then when this breakup happened, you know, when you feel in that moment, like everything is taken away from you, um, when, in, when in reality, it's not, um, but you feel like it is, um, you're kind of just sitting there like, now what, you know, you feel like you've hit rock bottom, you've lost it all when again, you haven't, but you've lost it all. And, and it's almost like in, in that moment, you become the bravest version of you, you know, you're like, well, hell, I, I mean, I can't, I can't screw up, you know, Not, nothing can go wrong now. Um, so I'm just going to do whatever I want to do. And that was, you know, create a country band. Um, and so I started going out and, and I think this is one of the biggest things that people don't understand or they forget. The most important thing for you to get what you want is to surround yourself with it. You know, um, for example, if you, you really want a house, then go to an open house and see what it's like to be inside a house, you know, that you want to buy. Uh, even if you can't afford it, it doesn't matter. It's, it's getting your mind surrounded with what it is that you want. If you want to be a drummer in a rock band, then start going to shows, start hanging out with bands, start going to open mics, find out where the open mics are, get in there, you know, mingle, make friends. And, you know, um, I don't want to preach about it, but to me, it's like, be where you want to be. You know, if you if you want to learn about how to open up a coffee shop and stop hanging out at the zoo, go to the coffee shop. You know what I mean? Like 
it's pretty straightforward stuff. But I think we we kind of sit there in, in this exact space where I am right now. And I went, how the hell am I going to form a country band? How am I going to do this? You know, I mean, um, there's no roadmap. You just got to be present, which I know is really hard to do right now with the pandemic. But you got to be present and and just surround yourself with all the things that you want to see in your future. Um, and that's what I did. You know, it was just like going to all the open mics I could go to, all the karaoke bars, mingling with people. Uh, I went on Facebook at one point and created a job application for people to apply to, to be in my band. Um, you know, and, and yeah, I mean, it just, all these things just started happening and it was crazy. Like some of the stories and things that, that had happened that are just unexplainable outside of, I literally spent 24 hours, you know, as if I was awake, I was working on music. And I think that drive and passion to will what you want to will into existence is the reason why you're now in the position you're in and continually growing. It's something that I, I myself understand completely, but I also push for people to do, which is if you want to be in that position, you have to put yourself in the position to get there. And it's a process and it's not a sprint. It's a marathon sometimes like nothing in life. When you have big goals comes the next day, it doesn't just fall into your lap. There's, there's a route. There's a reason that's happened. And a lot of it has to do with people working as hard as they can to get to that point. So I, I fully commend you on, on working as hard as you have to get to this point and continually growing. And I, I, with country specifically, and you kind of mentioned it briefly, like Toronto is not really a country market. Being a Canadian country artist, has that been difficult at all to deal with industry wise? Because I know there is obviously there is some negative tropes, about, or not negative, negative stereotypes about countries that country music that isn't exactly true or is just complete fallacy. But like what's been your experience being a Canadian country artist and especially like trying to work in a city like Toronto where country music isn't on the forefront? Um, I think what's really unique is that um, we forget how multicultural this city is and we forget how many millions of people live here. And I think when we look back and go, okay, you know, first thing, you think of when I say country music, name a city. Nashville. Bingo. Right. And that is just because culture has has taught us that that is where country music comes from, um, you know, and it's 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 one of those things where when you stop looking at things in, in the sense of a label, you know, well, this is that and that is this. And when you stop looking at it for what you think it is and you just focus on, well, what is country music? Well, country music is storytelling. Um, it's also rock and roll. It's also top 40 pop. Um, some of the biggest artists in the world that aren't country artists, Justin Bieber had a number one song at country radio. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it's music, you know, to me. Um, 
And I've stopped looking at it like, well, it's Toronto, so they don't like country music. I mean, that is 100% false. I mean, the the ACC, um, the Molson Amphitheater, I don't care that it's called Budweiser Gardens. It's the Molson <laughs> Amphitheater to me. It's still the Sky Dome. Like, don't get me started on that. And uh, it sells out time in and time out when country artists come to town. So, you know, it's like the Nickelback story. It's like everyone says Nickelback sucks, but they sell out three and four shows in a row. So, I mean, they're doing they're doing something right. You know, it's just stereotypes and it's people just 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 talking, you know, music is music. It doesn't matter where you go. You know, I think if we were to go to Brazil and try and do a country festival, uh, people would show up. You know, it's just music. So I think the the more the more we just pay attention to the message in the music and and if you don't like it, don't listen to it. You know, you're not forced to go to a country concert. Um, but I, I find that more and more country fans um, are coming out to these shows in Toronto because now they're excited that they don't have to drive two and a half hours to see a show, you know, so it's uh I mean, who would have thought one of the biggest rap artists in the world was, you know, from Scarborough? You know what I mean? Like, come on, you know, or one of the biggest pop stars in the world is from, you know, Stratford, you know, like <laughs> it's just music. And where we don't we don't choose where we're born. You know, we just we just come into the world and, you know, we figure it out. So, um, you know, I, I always get asked would I move to Nashville do I wish I was from Nashville? No, I'm proud to be from Toronto, you know, and uh, and I'm proud to um, to be a country artist from Toronto because I don't really think it matters where you're from. You know, if you have a positive message and you have, you know, good music. Um, I mean, that's that's to me is the most important part. And I think it's changing in Toronto. I think more and more um country artists are emerging from here which is amazing um and people are starting to see that it doesn't matter where you're from it just matters about the music yeah and i, I completely agree with you on that and so, something i've noticed especially during this whole pandemic thing is people are starting to explore more when it comes to music they're listening to and seeing people dive more into country music well because because of this pandemic and me doing this podcast i've dove into because i primarily was working in rock and doing rock tours and booking all that kind of stuff prior but obviously pandemic shut it all down and then you know i i had jeff dalziel as an old professor of mine and he always worked in country and then so shout out to jeff by the way um and then just starting to see through him and learning more about the different genres of country that Canada has to offer. And it's, it's a beautiful thing, what you just said, because at the end of the day, it is just music and music for everyone is different. But like for me, for example, it, it's more of a feeling I get. I, I don't really classify specific genres as my, as my favorite, because if something's good and I connect with it, I, I will enjoy it. And it doesn't matter what the genre is. It doesn't matter who the artist is. If there's connection that I can make to the music, whether it's the music itself, the lyricism, the way it's mixed, the way it's produced, like any aspect of it, I feel it makes me feel good. And it's good that you and a lot of these other Canadian country artists have that drive to just 
do music because an issue I've had with the industry and that's maybe partially jaded to it over the past while is obviously that focus on the getting that 15 second clip that can go viral on an app like TikTok or just the general commercialization focusing on number one hits. So when you're just putting such a simple kind of approach to music as it's just music, it's just, we're expressing ourselves. We're telling stories. That's it's simple, but it's also complex at the same time. And I think people really should appreciate that in terms of the country genre. I think, you know, um, when, when I look at my heroes and I look at the people that I look up to, I don't think they ever sat down and said, how can I get famous? You know, um, how can I become popular? Oh, I know. I'll do a TikTok video um, or I'll do a YouTube video or I'll do whatever, you know, um, I, I, I mean, this is totally off topic and I might get some flack for this, but I remember when I used to do karaoke contests and people would show up in costume to perform. And I used to think to myself, like, what the hell are they doing? You know, like showing up full Elvis costume, you know, in, in a karaoke contest. And, and, and like, a, there's nothing wrong with that. Have fun, be yourself or be Elvis, whatever, do your thing. Um, but as an artist, I mean, it doesn't matter what you wear. It doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter. What matters is what comes out of your mouth, you know? Um, and I started to realize that the people that just weren't, let's just say they weren't prepared. They, they, they clearly don't practice. They clearly don't take it seriously. There was a reason why they were dressed up. You know, they were relying on the shock factor of how they looked as opposed to how they sounded. And I think the reason I bring that up is it's, it's the same thing with TikTok. Um, I'm a little bit older. I'm 36 years old. Um, and I just don't have time for that shit. You know, it's like, I don't, it's to me, it's just stupid. You know, it's like, okay, cool. You're popular now. And then, and then they move on to something else, you know? And, and I realize that what that emotionally can do to someone to be insanely popular and then be nothing, you know, in the sense of popular culture. You know, so I would much rather just be myself and have a really slow, steady growth, you know, than just this like rocket ship and then, you know, nosedive. Um, and I think that the people that are, are trying to go viral, um, I mean, it's just not my cup of tea. You know what I mean? It's like all the power to you if you can do it. Um, but, you know, back in the day, the the one hit wonders, the flash in the pan, um, you know, that's a real thing. And I think, you know, for me in country music, the message needs to be real. It needs to be pure. And it's not about sitting in a room with a bunch of your friends with GoPros saying, you know, what can we do that will cause some attention? Um you know, because it, it's, it's, it's not going to stick, you know? And like I said, my heroes, I don't think ever sat in a room and said, how can we become famous? They were just who they were and they um, did what they did best. And, um, you know, and they, they left their mark. Yeah. And I, and I completely agree with you on that. The, the issue that 
I've seen with TikTok, and you're right, it's that massive rocket ship boost out of nowhere. And then how much of that is going to carry over to the next day? And how much is that going to carry over after 15 minutes? How much is that going to carry after five minutes, 15 seconds, whatever it is? And yeah, it it's very gratifying for people that want to get the numbers but then it it's also very debilitating when that crash comes and they don't know how to react so the slow incline is what's best and with country music and even with a lot of the people that are having those long steady inclines in the industry and are continuing to grow and have a long-term career the, the biggest commonality is authenticity in what they do audiences connect with authenticity the issue with some of the industry i've seen is people forget that people are a lot smarter in how they perceive things than they realize and so instead of focusing on telling a story or just being authentic and just being themselves they're trying to get that general commercialized boost to get them a top tiktok sound or song or whatever it is and then people forget it's about the personal connection you can make through your music it's about the story you can tell that someone can connect to share it with their friends and then bond over that and then it translates into buying albums buying concert tickets buying merch whatever it is and with with the biggest thing and a lot there's a lot of young artists that watch watch and listen to this podcast uh and something i've talked about in many episodes especially recently for some reason has come up a lot it's the being authentically you and doing what you want to do is so important because when people especially when you look at it from a live aspect because audience can audiences can see whether an artist is there because they want to be there and have a good show versus an artist that wants to be there because they're getting a paycheck well i'll tell you something and and i don't know if you're a fan of this band um and to all the dave matthews fans out there that are going to get angry at me uh, i truly don't i truly don't care um, I, That's one of my, have. one of my silly friends, uh, called me up and she was like, I got tickets to see Matt good, um, tomorrow night at the Molson amphitheater. And I mean, I was excited, you know, I was like, yes, that's, that's high school, you know, like, like, wow, that's amazing. And, um, this was a couple years ago and we showed up to will call and everyone had these Dave Matthews shirts on. And I thought, what the hell? This isn't Matt good. And sure enough, my silly friend bought very good tickets um, to Dave Matthews concert, thinking it was Matt good. Um, anyway, we're standing there. We're, we're waiting for him to come out. No opener. No opening band. And I was like, it's kind of weird. He literally walks out on the stage and he says, just like this, he goes, Hey, I'm uh, I'm Matt. I'm uh, Dave Matthews. Thanks for coming out. Uh, enjoy the show. And then he just starts to sing, and we're just like, "What?" <laughs> like, there was like twenty thousand people there. It was sold out, you know. And and I I I um I wasn't doing music yet. I this was during my off. You know, I stepped away from music, and and it was just like, man, I would I would kill. You know, not literally. Uh, I would kill to be up there, you know, I, wow. Like you just walk out, like you literally rolled off your tour bus and just don't care. And then, not, and, and then to boot didn't play a single one of his hit songs. Um, 
you know, so I think to the diehard fans, they don't care. You know, it, they're just enjoying the show. But to people like me who know who he is, but don't really know his music, um, you know, it was just such a disappointment to see someone so disengaged. Um, and it was literally like watching 12 guys solo over each other for three hours. Like, you know, it was. Uh, yeah, I'm going to get a little bit of heat for this one, but that's fine. It was just, you know, I, I'm so grateful every time I step on a stage, man, I don't care if it's five people or 50,000 people, you know, there's millions and millions of us out there trying to carve a career in music. And when you get that kind of opportunity, you should never, ever take it for granted because it's the fans that keep you employed. You know, we work for the fans. Uh, you can pretend to be a big, cool rock star and, you know, you're living this crazy life. And but at the end of the day, when we lie in our bed or lie on the ground or wherever we lie and close our eyes, we're just like everybody else. Um, you know, and I think some people get a little bit of fame and they lose their way, um, you know, and I mean, hey, we're human. It can happen. Um, but don't think for a second that that can't be taken away from you because there's always someone out there bigger, better, funnier, stronger, smarter, faster, um, you know, and it's just, uh, you're not going to have a career in anything if you, if you have that mentality. No, I completely understand where you're coming from on that. And I, I've heard a lot of stories about Dave Matthews shows like that. And it, I part, it's split into two things for me because obviously the one part is, you know, there for a paycheck, does does what he wants whatever and then the other part of it which some artists approach is they they focus on it like i art can be a very selfish thing because you have to be 100 percent happy with what you put out but it's also having that authenticity and allowing the fans to have their input as well because if you don't listen to the audience's input that's what's going to make the difference between especially if you're like a newly signed artist at a major label like a major label is going to look at how an audience reacts versus numbers especially when live shows come back into play and because there's a reason why a lot of these label guys go to shows because they want to see the actual they want to see the people and how they react because the the issue i've always seen especially lately with like spotify and apple music and the playlisting numbers because i you you can only trust those numbers so much but <laughs> it's how well it's true and i, I you're absolutely right <laughs> and it's with it's how someone in person is going to react it's whether you can go to the horseshoe and sell it out it's whether you can do lees sell it out it's whether you're opening for a major band at the Scotiabank or ACC, whatever you want to call it. I don't care either, either or works, but it's seeing how an audience reacts is what's going to make the difference between sustainability in a career versus falling off. And it's, it's that thing that bands really and artists need to focus on is that personal connection with fans. And that's also why like I'm, I'm seeing such a mixed bag of people right now during the pandemic, how they're interacting with people online versus not interacting with people online because they don't know what to do during this whole thing where you know you can't go out and do shows 
So they have to try and create that online presence and online connection and hopefully grow a base online that can carry over into live shows once they're able to do so. I think um, I'm so happy you brought that up because this is something I've been wanting to talk about and I haven't um, found the right time. Um, and I think it's right now. Perfect. <laughs> um, you know, these people that are out there buying streams and buying likes and creating this fake perso persona, you know, that they're popular. And I mean, it's just so silly. You know, you, you can't, um, first of all, the industry knows first they know we can see that artists that have artist accounts on Spotify and Apple. We also know, cause we can, we can look you up and see the analytics and it's just sad because, you know, part of it is, um, insecurity, artist insecurity, just feeling insignificant, feeling like their growth is, is, is hit a plateau. And rather than continuing to work on their craft, they just say, well, for $29.99, I can have 30,000 followers. Um, but guess what? When you, when you go to play at the Horseshoe, for example, and nobody shows up, <laughs> you know, it's like, come on, guys. Like, it's, it, it's I feel... I also feel, though, for the artist, there's this pressure, you know, it's like, well, how am I doing? You know, am, are people listening to my music? Um, what if they're not listening to my music? What does that mean? And, and the act is if creating this, you know, smokescreen of, of, you know, you're you're this important person that will, you know, uh, virtue of the law will attract more people to look at at you. And and, and I mean, just stop all of that stuff and just make good music and put it out. You know, if you make good music and you put it out, um, hopefully, you know, people will respond to that and, and let it be organic. You know, um, I'm at, I think 11,000 listeners on Spotify and that's 100% organic. And it's taken me three long friggin' years just to get that much you know i don't go and look at eric church and go wow he's got nine million i got a long way to go you know i just go to eric church and listen to his music because i love it you know and and so i think that the business side of this pressures artists to become something um when the artist should just focus on making good music and just let it organically become what it'll become you know and i say that because um, I'm not I'm not making fun of the people that pay for streams um, because I understand why they're doing it. I'm just saying, stop doing it. You know, like it, 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 this music business is a hard business to crack. Um, just focus on making good music, you know, because the art, the, the late you're, you're not going to have a million listeners and the labels are going to go, oh, hey, I think we missed one. There's a there's a superstar in North York, you know. Like they, they can see what's real and what's not real. And they can certainly hear it in the music, you know, um, just focus on making good music and, and stop buying likes and, and streams and plays. And, um, you know, because it's funny if, if, for example, and you probably already know this, you know, let's say you're from Toronto, like myself, and I'm not sure where you're from. Um, uh, just so, so I'm in Oshawa. You're in Oshawa. Okay. Let's, so let's say you're in Oshawa and you go on Spotify and you, and your biggest fan base is in Brazil. You know <laughs> what? 
what are you saying? You know, or your biggest fan base is in Atlanta, Georgia, you know, and no, they they, really love me in Brazil. (laughs) (laughs) They probably do. But it's just it's sad because it's like people like you said, people are not stupid. People know, you know, Um, I'm proud of the. 557 fans I have on Spotify in Toronto. You know, I don't care that it's a small number. I'm, you know, it, it's just, it's real, you know, and, and that's what it, music is about. It's about people are, are dealing with depression, anxiety, um, you know, uh, fear of, of driving, fear of going to work, fear of all these things. And music helps suppress that, you know, music helps us get through the hardest of times. And so it shouldn't matter how many fans you have. Um, you know, just, just be grateful for the, for the ones that you do have and, and stop buying stuff. It's just, it's a bunch of nonsense, you know, just put out good music. The, the industry is such a fine line because when, when you are a developing artist and me having worked with developing artists and an artist that later got picked up by universal, it's, it's such a fine line between having that authenticity and doing what you do but also being smart in the moves you make to promote it to an organic audience. And it's such a mixed bag because yes, number one, it is the song. The song has to be there. If the song isn't there, you got nothing to work off of. And then once you have that foundation, it's about doing the right things, booking the right meetings, getting the right radio play, trying to get on playlists and all that kind of stuff. But honestly, for me, and like right now, I, as some of the listeners of the podcast may know, or people from TikTok, I've been blowing up on TikTok for the past couple of months because I'm awesome. literally doing the stupidest content I could possibly think of. But it's basically the approach I'm taking is I'm just making jokes based on what I see. I, I'm literally doing, I follow the KISS method, which is something I talk about, the keep it simple, stupid method. And mm-hmm. my life is significantly less stressed because of this. And even though like right now, TikTok has become my biggest platform in a matter of two months, I, I don't care that much because at the end of the day, it's just a number. Mm-hmm. I, I'm literally just doing it because I enjoy having a creative outlet. And it's cool that people are connecting with what I am doing on that platform and wanting to check me out more. But at the end of the day, I'm just having fun with it. And the same with this podcast. Like I don't have the biggest podcast numbers. I found out last year I was in the charts a bunch, but the, to be honest, that doesn't really make a difference in what I do because I just want to do this. And that's the positive thing that I've taken out of this pandemic is life is too short to not do what you want to do. And so that's why, like, I always loved interviewing and chatting with people and hanging out and shooting the shit and all that. And that's why when the pandemic started, this podcast kind of fell into my lap because it's like, Oh, now I have time to actually do this. And then TikTok came along and I kind of went over there. I'm like, okay, how much effort do I need to put in just to enjoy it? five minutes a day. Cool. And then now it's, I I'm surrounding my life with decisions that I'm happy to be making and choices that I'm happy to be making and just enjoying myself and not worrying about numbers, not worrying about anything. I'm just having a good time. And I think that's an approach that artists really need to, especially at the early stage. Like, yes, it's very important to focus on good marketing, good strategy and and all that stuff. But you just need to have fun. You need to enjoy the journey because if you're not enjoying what you're doing, then why are you doing it? That's exactly it. And, and I think, um, you know, when you're doing what you love, um, 
everything else is a bonus, you know? And I think, um, it, you know, it's like when it comes to TikTok or it comes to, you know, YouTube or it comes to whatever, um, I think when you take away the stress of, well, will people like this and just put it out because you like it? Um, that's where things really change. You know, like I'm, I'm a huge Dallas green fan, massive Dallas green fan. I've met, I've met him a couple times and, you know, he didn't put out sometimes, you know, that record his initial record. Um, because he he thought, you know, well, this is the better route outside of Alexis on fire. You know, he just put it out and it exploded and he never, he never intended for it to become what it became. And I remember being at Molson Amp once and, and it was sold out. And he said, you know, I was just writing songs in my mom's basement in St. Catharines and never thought it would, or dreamed it would get this far. And he points to the audience. And to me, that's so inspirational, you know, and it's same with TikTok. There are people out there, um, you know, uncle Roger is one of my personal favorites. Um, you know, it, it, it's just hilarious. And he's just, he just does silly ass shit and it makes you laugh. It's just mindless TV. Right. And I think um, well, mental health is something that is so important and is becoming more important today. And the thing that I, I stress over is people go out there, they get really popular. And then and then all of a sudden, you know, people move on to something else. So where does that leave that person? that, you know, was super popular and now they're not popular. You know what I mean? Like, like mentally, if they're, if their goal was to become famous and now they're famous and now they're not famous, then what happens to that person? We, as the viewer, we move on to something else, forgetting that there's still a person behind, you know, um, what we were watching previously. I don't know if this is really complicated what I'm saying, but it's, if you're just putting that shit out there to put it out there, and you don't care what happens, then it doesn't matter, you know, the ups and the downs. You're just doing it because you love it. And um, when things started to change for me and I started to climb the charts and I started to get more streams and I started to get more attention and it, there was a lot of excitement with that. Um, but the best advice I got was don't pay attention to the numbers. Uh, don't don't look up your numbers. Don't check the chart. Don't see how many streams you have. Um, just try to avoid it. Um, but that's hard to do because we want to see how we're doing. You know, um, there was no secret, you know, I, when I won boots and hearts and I got the single release with Warner, um, I mean, it was a job interview, right? It was, uh, okay. Congratulations. You won boots and hearts. Good for you. Um, now we need a song to put on the radio to see whether or not people care and like your music, you know? Um, and let's see, let's see what happens. And if the song does well, we'll talk. If the song doesn't do well, well, we won't talk, <laughs> you know? So, so put that into perspective is like a dream from 12 years old, wanting to sign a record deal. And, you know, here, here's your chance. Here's your shot. Right. Um, don't screw it up. That's a lot of pressure. But I think the real reason why we won Boots and Hearts 
was because I said to my band during rehearsals and the day of the event, I said, this is not a contest. Let's just go out there and just have fun. And what happens happens, you know, um, and and therefore we were just relaxed and and we just had fun. We didn't think about it like, you know, there's there's Steve Cody from Warner Music Canada, you know, and Stan Dunford, the owner and creator of Boots and Hearts, you know, staring us dead in the eyes as we're performing. Um, as a matter of fact, I didn't even see them during the performance because I wasn't looking, you know, I was just having fun. Um, and so, like you said, when you can put out funny mindless shit on TikTok and just be yourself. Um, people respond to that because it's fun and it helps us get away from the mundane Monday to Friday bullshit that we're all dealing with, you know? Um, and, and I think that's, that's the key is not to sit down and go, how can I be funny? You know, how can I, you know, blah, 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 blah. We all have a friend in our circle who's just an idiot. And if a camera crew could follow that person around, do you know what I mean? It's like Uncle Sai yeah. from Duck Dynasty, right? I mean, mm -hmm. it's just effortless. He's just a moron, but it's awesome. And and we, we're just like, we all wish we had an Uncle Sai in our life, you know? Um, and, and it's just like, how are you that? How is someone that funny? Naturally, it's <clears throat> because they're not trying. They're just being themselves. They're just hilarious. You know, um, but like you said, when people go on there and they're trying to be funny or they're trying to be whatever, um, people smell it, you know, and nobody cares. It, yeah, TikTok's been an interesting journey because I've only been like it's been the two like two and a half months now. And I jumped from like 170 something like to 12.6 K. Wow. So yeah, it was, yeah, but guess what the video that really started taking it off, guess what the content of it was? <laughs> You're never going to guess. You, guess. Uh, I don't know. So basically what I do on TikTok is I do kind of reactionary content. Like I stitch a video and I make some mm -hmm. sort of stupid joke about it, or mm -hmm. I just react to it and make some sort of comment. The video was, it was uh, this channel that was doing Disney related content, like talking about like, you know, those you content creators that talk about like the history of Disney or specifics of parks or whatever it is. Yeah. They were talking about uh, the sword in the stone attraction at Disney and Pinocchio was arching himself over it, trying to pull it up. But I made the joke of why does it look like he's about to sit on it? And for some reason, that's what people loved. <laughs> and that kind of blew up my account. Yeah. Yeah, it it's it, it just it, it, you never know, man. It's like, you know, you see um, it's so funny. So I was having a conversation a little while ago with an artist and they said, you know, I work so hard and, and I, I put so much effort out there and I spend all this money making these videos and I do all this stuff. But someone can go on TikTok, you know, and rip a fart in a small room and get more attention. And then I got on my music. I don't understand. And I told them, I said, that's your issue. Is that whether you believe in it or you don't, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a very strong believer of the law of attraction. 
And and I told him, I said, your issue is that you're just bitching too much. Stop questioning things, you know, just do what you do and do it the best that you can do it. And what happens happens, you know, and I think when we start going, well, I deserve this, you know, I I I've done I've this. It's like, shut up. You know, it's just just, you know, I left HVAC because I was sick and tired And I'm going to say this. I've never said this ever on any of my interviews because I've been really professional about it, but I don't feel like being professional today. (laughs) I worked for a pompous ass who didn't appreciate how hard I worked for him, you know, Um, from not paying me on time to just just being an asshole. And and I just got to the point where I didn't care about the money anymore. I just I I hated how I was treated. I hated. walking into that office every day, you know, I I just, I I just got to my wits end. And when the, when my girlfriend and I split four years ago, you know, I just felt like, you know what, I'm tired of this life. I want something different, you know? And I first came into the music industry, a little, a little naive and green um, with part of that attitude of like, you know, I, this, I, that, and then you quickly grow up and you realize you know, why you're here and why you're doing what you're doing. And the reason I'm doing music is because I love it and I enjoy it. Everything else is a bonus. Um, You know, so I think the faster we realize that it's not about us, um, it's about in, in the music industry, it's about the fans and it's about being truthful and honest and real. Um, you know, the faster things will make sense. But I think when you when you start doing this, I deserve and this isn't fair. And and how come I didn't win that? And, you know, your 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 message to the universe is completely off kilter and you will attract all the things you don't want, um, you know, and uh, that's just my own personal belief. And 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 I've seen it. I, I've seen uh, I've, I've showed up to shows where uh, I was the only artist who didn't have merch to sell, you know, and uh, people are like, well, why don't you have merch? And I'm like, because no one gives a shit about me and I'm new. I'm a new artist. It's why, why is someone going to buy a shirt other than my mom that says David Boyd James on a shirt? Like who is going to wear that? You know, nobody's going to wear that. You know, it's like, it's stupid. <laughs> you know, it's just like write a damn good song. You know, like you, you have, you have a higher chance of someone buying a shirt with a pine tree on it than you do with your name on it, you know, but it's all part of the, well, I'm an artist, so I'm a big deal. I should have a shirt with my name on it. It's like, you know, nobody cares, you know, focus on the music. No, I I absolutely agree with that because when, when smaller artists like do full insane merch lines, like the sweaters and the shirts and the different cuts of the shirts and the different cuts, it's like, why are you wasting all that money and you're yeah. bring and your shows to have 10 people at them and it's the yeah. same 10 people like, go to the studio they already have a shirt <laughs> they already have yeah take that money invest in a good studio and just work uh, I, I, listen i'm not i'm not trying to be pessimistic man i'm, I'm not i i mean you know i remember um a couple years ago i was hanging out with someone and they were like i wonder i wonder what color my tour bus will be and i'm like <laughs> 
you know, like it's cool Who to cares? dream. It's cool. It's Who cool cares? to dream. And that person's not even doing music anymore. Right. So oh. it's like it's it's cool to dream. It's cool to have all these, you know, whatever ideas, you know, my, my first EP thoughts become things. Um, I recorded that in Nashville at Blackbird Studios. I spent 80 grand to do uh, an EP because I was excited. You know, I was excited that I, I was no longer with my ex. Um, I broke free from that. I was excited that I was in Nashville cutting a record. And, you know, we, we do stupid shit when we get excited. And, and looking back on that now, I think, wow, I wasted so much money um, in theory, but it was a good experience. I don't regret it, you know, but I, I think when when you become an artist it's like okay i'm an artist now um so what does that mean you know and and well they have shirts so i should have shirts and that person's wearing a cowboy hat so i should wear a cowboy hat and you know i mean it's hard right it's like it's and and i'm not making fun of people i'm just saying that it's like forget about all of that stuff and focus on the music and and i'll tell you something the first time i went to nashville i i went down on broadway and I saw these people singing and performing and I thought, holy shit, I suck compared to these people. Like, I'm I am terrible. Like, I don't even want to like my buddy was there, um, Dean James. And uh, he's like, hey, man, come on up and sing a song. And I was like, mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> you know, and, and it was just like it was a reality check because it's like those people down there have literally given up everything in their life to to be there. You know, and it's real, you know, and there's also a lot of people down there playing house, just pretending that they're superstars. And, you know, they got they're the ones with the shirts with their names on it, you know, Um, you know, so, I mean, it's there's no real right way. You know, it's just be yourself, put out good music. And I'm not saying my music's good. Right. I'm just saying put out good music and I'm just doing the best that I can do. And and I and I work hard every single day at it and I still don't have a shirt with my name on it. So, um, you know, it's uh, I, I think I think it's a hard it's a hard thing um, to park the excitement and just focus on the craft. It's a very hard thing to do because naturally, as people were just excited and, and hey, if, if you're if you got a full line of merch and whatever, good for you. You know, I'm not I'm not making fun of you. I'm not poking fun of you. I'm just saying that um, it's heartbreaking when when an artist puts all their money into something and it just sits there on a table. Um, you know, that that's the part that hurts the most, I think, you know, it's like, um, you know, or I, I have a fan come up to me and say, you know, hey, thoughts become things, man. You know, I quit my job. I, I, I left my girlfriend, you know. Um, just like you did, you know, except she left me and, uh, and here, check out my single. And I listened to it and, and I'm, I'm just like, you know, it's like, and again, I'm not, who am I to judge a song, but you can tell that the quality isn't there for radio or, or whatever. And, and I'm just like, Oh, what am I supposed to say to that person? You know? Ask right? them what color They're, the tour bus is going to be. Yeah, but but you know what I'm saying, and 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 I'm not. Listen, I'm not trying to be an asshole. I'm just saying that it, it's, you know, 
I, I, I won't say the name of, of the of the the countdown because I don't want to disrespect anybody. But there was this countdown thing um, for indie radio that I was a part of at one point um, right at the beginning. And everyone got to be number one eventually. You know, it was like we're all just taking turns. And I said to the guy once, really nice guy. I said, man, I think you got to change your formula. And he's like, why? And I said, because this isn't real life. You know, when these songs that go num go number one on your channel, those artists believe in their hearts that they are number one. You know, they believe that they are the top song and blah, blah, blah. And and when they go out to real radio, no offense, but when they go out to to the real commercial radio, they're going to get stomped on and and their dreams are going to be crushed. And and that's really shitty. You know, um, you, you don't just go on the chart and become number one. That, that I mean, there's a huge gap between releasing a song and it being number one on the billboard, you know, um, and I think that's the part of the industry that really I struggle with is, is people blowing smoke up people's ass and telling them, oh, you're going to be a superstar. Or this is going to happen or that's going to happen. And, and then the people go home and believe it, you know, um, and and it's just it's really sad. And then they do things like get conned into spending 10 grand on merch that they're never going to sell. Right. And now they're out 10K and they're sitting there paying interest on a loan. Maybe they got at the bank and and they're just like, man, this doesn't work. This music business doesn't work. And they quit, um, you know, because they're just ma mismanaging their money or being taken advantage of. Or producers are, you know, I, I, I won't say names, but I've called a producer that I know personally. And I said to him, why did you put this record out? This is terrible. Why would you allow someone to put this out? You know, and he's like, well, he wanted to do it. And I'm like, yeah, but come on, man. Like, you know, have some integrity, you know, and if this person's if they watch this, they'll know who they are. And it's just like, I get it. We got to put food on the table. But like, these are people's lives. You know, don't be afraid to say to someone, hey, man, this song maybe isn't for you. You know, uh, when I ask people's opinion, you know, I I, I appreciate the co the compliments, but I would much prefer you call me up and say, hey, man, uh, you sound like a bag of shit on this one. You should probably redo that, <laughs> you know, because because I when the song goes out, it's out and it's out forever, you know, Um you know, it, it's just like and Jeff Dalziel is my he's the executive producer on my record that's coming out in July. And I mean, I love that man because that guy will look you dead in the eye and he will tell you you're garbage, you know, and, and I love it because that that is what it takes, you know, when you get to that next step in your career of commercial radio, if that's where you're heading, um, because he told me. He said right at the beginning, he said, when you step into commercial radio, you are taking away someone's job, you know, and for example, Brett Kissel and I, um, same with High Valley, Aaron Goodman, Megan Patrick, Robin Ottolini, Ottolini, we're all signed to Warner Music. We're all signed to the same record company. 
Um, are we cheering for each other? Yeah, sure. Um, but at the end of the day, we're all individual camps, right? And we're all working towards the same goal. Um, so if, if Brett Kissel's number one, then nobody else can be number one. If, if, you know, uh, Luke Combs is number one, nobody else can be number one. So for that time, so you're, you, you got to listen to your song and go, okay, let's take our opinions off the table and, and how much we think we we're great. And let's go, can this compete in top 20, top 30, top 40? Does it have a chance? And it's, you know, how many times I've done songwriting and people go, oh, man, I wrote a smash today. <laughs> you know, I, I wrote a smash, man. I wrote a burner. A, you know, I wrote a banger today, you know. And, and listen, that's the passion. That's the passion in our, inside of us. We're excited. We think we just discovered the wheel, the new kind of wheel, you know, and then and then we let it sit for four or five days. And then we go back and we listen to it and we're like, ah, it's garbage. We got to start again. <laughs> you know, so I think it's just like there's so much pressure to be successful, whatever the hell that means. Um, and I'm going to switch gears for a second and tell you a really short story. This guy called me two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Um, his name's Jordan. And he is with the Canadian army it's in the canadian forces and he said um on april the 21st i'm being deployed to kuwait and for 10 months and he said uh, we're allowed to take some personal belongings with us and i'm a, and he said i'm a big fan of yours and he said i would love if you could autograph a photo and send it to me so i can take it with me overseas now you know for me i was like what why, why would you want a picture of me? Like, it just, it just blew my mind. Like I was so grateful and, and, and like in shock of like, like it was just, I just, I couldn't believe it, you know? And he, I, I downloaded all your songs so I can listen to them while I'm over there. And I'm just like, what the hell? And so long story short, um, I, I made arrangements, um, to get him what he asked and, Three days into his deployment, he messaged me and he said, hey, Dave, he said, we're about to go or two days, two or three days. We're about to go on a 96 hour foot tour into a village that is unwelcoming. So I will message you when we get back to let you know I'm safe. And I said, I appreciate that. Now, um, a couple of days ago, I got unfortunate news. His girlfriend reached out to me, who I don't know. On, on Instagram and said that he had been involved in a crash um, where the vehicle had flipped several times. He was in serious condition. They were airlifting him to Germany. Um, and then he was being airlifted to St. Mike's hospital here in Toronto, where he is actually having surgery this morning on his, on his, uh, his leg. Um, and he may never walk again. Now I saw this guy a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, why am I bringing up this story? Um, because that's a part of life that a lot of us may never see. It's a part of reality that we may never witness, but it's still real. And so while we're all sitting here in our comfy houses, 
you know, trying to figure out, you know, how we're going to design our merch and, and, you know, do all this other stuff. Um, there are people that are literally on the other side of the world fighting uh, for our freedom. And um, I think as I get older, I guess things change and my, my perception on things change. And, and I start to realize what's truly important. And, and that is our happiness and our safety. Um, you know, and I hope he's okay. And, and I hope uh, I'm waiting for updates and I don't know this guy, you know, like this is, this is a fan that randomly messaged me, like, don't know him, you know? Um, but that's the power of music. You know, that to me is so much more important than T-shirts and streams and popularity and and all that other nonsense. It's like that to me is something I will never, ever, ever forget, you know. Um, and and so I think um, the reason I brought that up is because those are the types of things that really ground me and and make me realize, you know, um, all this commercial stuff, you know, you gotta, we're planning a docu-series right now and all this stuff that I, that I, that I am doing for this new record. And, you know, it's all part of the, the business side of it. Um, but the most important thing is to stay humble, be kind, be grateful, um, and be real. Um, because there's a guy out there who was going to the other side of the world. And when he was packing his bag, to bring things to remind him of home. He wanted something that reminded him of me. And I mean, I still can't wrap my head around that. Um, you know, so, um, yeah, that, that was, you know, just, just mind blowing, dude. Yeah. That, that, that's a very powerful story. And, and I, and I truly hope, and I send out my, my prayers and i hope that everything works out and he ends up healthy and happy and in a stable condition and I, I truly hope that his family's well and the rest of the people involved in that incident are well also with music it's it's truly much bigger than a lot of us in this industry can realize at times and with stories like that and seeing how your music can translate into someone having a simple something as simple as a photo of you just to remind them of home and it gives them comfort and it gives them a feeling of security and safety music can truly make a difference between how you carry yourself from day to day and i think that artists being authentically themselves like like you and and this interview has been wonderful for that i feel like your audience definitely is going to get to know you a lot a lot more in depth than maybe they have previously because in in this like little bit over an hour we we've spent together i feel like i've gotten to know you a lot more than i ever could have in just listening to your music which in listening to your music i I definitely got a sense of who you are and the kind of guy you are and talking to you, it confirmed my suspicions. You're, you're a genuine guy. You're an authentic guy. You just want to talk and, and just express yourself and be open and honest. And if any artists are looking for someone who this David here is the perfect example of that because 
being authentic with what you do and how you talk and how you present yourself will make the difference in anyone's life. And I, and I truly hope that people see you and how you are and connect with you and, and follow that this very positive attitude you have that makes it, it honestly, like, I'm not gonna lie. I just rolled out of bed before I did this and I was, you know, a little groggy. I haven't had my coffee yet, but just, just sitting here talking to you, it's, it's brightened up my entire day. Just oh, wow, seeing you be so positive and talking about the things you're passionate about. And that's the other thing. I, when I see someone talk about something that they're passionate about and be so expressive and be so open about who they are and what they do, it it's inspiring to me. And I know it's inspiring to others. So honestly, man, I just got to say thank, thank you for taking the time and just being so open and, and just oh, it's my, my, that, that to me, that to me, uh, Matt is the most important thing. And, and I feel like, um, the irony of what you just said, you know, you said you just rolled out of bed. Um, you know, that's, that's how we should live our life is just roll out of bed and do what you got to do. You know, um, you know, it's, it's, there's so much, you know, you ever heard the, the, the phrase lipstick on a pig, Yep. you know, um, it's still a pig. Do you know what I mean? It's like, um, but, you know, so I feel like if we can all try and just, you know, be ourselves and, 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 and not worry about how, I mean, it doesn't matter what you do, what you say or how you say it or how you do it. Someone is going to love you. Someone is going to look at you and think you're crazy and someone is going to hate you. You know, it doesn't matter. So now that we know that, why don't we just stop focusing on trying to please all three people? You know, it's like, um, if, if, if this is, if this is who you are, you roll out of bed and this is what you, then, then be that person. You know, if, if, if you want to be this, you know, big glamorous rock star, whatever, you know, then be that person, you know, um, I had someone once told me they were working with an artist and they were doing a radio tour um, and they had four stops, four or five stops in one day. And the artist changed outfits for every single radio station. And I thought, you're on the radio. They can't see you, dumbass. <laughs> but like, you know what I mean? It's like, and again, right? I'm not, I'm not hating on anybody. I'm just saying you know, one, one of, one of my personal favorites is Ashley McBride. You know, I met her in 2019 and she was like, I'll never forget it. She says, hi, my name's Ashley. And I thought, I know who you are. Like, you know what I mean? But like, she was so humble and she was so down to earth, you know? And it's just like those just, just be you, you know, I used to wear uh I used to wear this strap around my stomach that made me look skinnier when I was on TV. And because I thought, well, people, you know, people don't want to like they, you know, I thought I was too chubby or whatever, and it would make me look better on television. And, but then I had, I struggled singing with it on because it was so tight on my ribs. And then I just thought, who cares? 
You know, like just be you. If you're if you're a chubby dude, you're a chubby dude. If you're a skinny dude, you're a skinny dude. But that's what pop culture does. Is it it, it puts us in this, you know, funnel of this is what you got to be, and this is what you should be. Um, you know, and it's hard to fight against that. And I think you know, I, I I've had conversations with people about having children. You know, um, in today's age, and it's like. What a scary thing that is, you know, the, the peer pressure, the social media, um, the anxiety, depression, all that stuff is, is just like, I have friends that have kids that are 14 and 15 years old and they are having a hell of a time, you know, cause there's all of this pressure. Um, and it's harder than ever to be yourself, you know? Um, so the fact that you said that, um, means the world to me because that, that is, so much more important than my music as far as I'm concerned, you know, is some people have said, you know, Oh, Oh, David, I've heard, you know, I've heard little rumors and stuff. Oh, Dave, he's, you know, he's uh, he's an ass or he's cocky or he's, he's this or he's that. And it's like, I'm not anything, man. I, I'm just sick and tired of living against myself. You know, I'm tired of, looking in the mirror and judging myself, you know, I just want to just be me, whatever that is. And if I wear Crocs and you don't like it, I don't give a shit, you know, they're comfortable, you know, my chiropractor hates it. And, you know, so, so I actually, I went out and I bought Crocs that have like the, the, the lining inside. Oh, so yeah. they're, they're more, <laughs> they're more comfortable. And <laughs> no, but all jokes aside, man, you know, it's just like, um, it, it's really hard to get past that barrier of, you know, um, not caring, I guess, um, what other people think. And, and it's not to live, live your life in the way of, you know, um, well, I just don't care. You know, that's, that's not the message. It's be yourself, find your tribe. And, and, and be grateful when you find those people that you can connect to. And, and that's why Jeff and I um, are such good friends because, you know, I met him three years ago uh, at the awards um, and he's just been a, an amazing mentor for me and, and gave it to me straight. You know, he tells, he tells me how he sees it. And um, I'll tell you this, Jeff, Jeff does not work for just anybody. Um, he's not a producer that just works because you're willing to pay him. And I love that about him. Um, you know, and, uh, it's, uh, I'm just really grateful to have people like him in my life because they, they help you understand, um, the most important thing is your personal happiness. Um, and that you're obviously doing it in a way that's not harming anybody else. And, and that's also a big thing that I want to Im implore an artist and just basically anyone like you need, especially in artist camps, especially when you, when you get to a major label level, I've seen it happen to artists that I've known or I've worked with. Like there, there's sometimes a mind shift in that attitude of, well, I'm a major artist now da, 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 da. but <laughs> you need the people around you. Like, like Jeff is an amazing example of someone who, will keep you grounded will will tell you the shit straight and will just make 
force you to have that self-reflection and self-authenticity that makes you you and that's honestly an attitude we should all carry across and i've i've adopted that attitude especially over the past year because something else this pandemic showed me is just i you need to have that self-awareness that self-reflection and how you process things and how you react to things and it's truly wonderful to see that you're pushing so much authenticity. So like, like I said, man, kudos to you that that's, that's the real shit. That's what you got to do. David, as much as I love to keep going, I, I do have to wrap this up. I, I could honestly talk to you all day. This, this has been <laughs> easily one of my favorite conversations I've had. Oh, thanks brother. I'm, I'm, I, I really appreciate it. And, and one thing I will say um, before we go is um, not just for myself, but thank you for creating um, this platform um, for all the people that you talk to, I think it's great, um, you know, that people get a chance to share their stories and, and get to know you better and, 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 uh, and chat. So, uh, it's been a lot of fun and, uh, anytime I'd love to come back. Maybe, maybe when this new record comes out, um, it's, 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 it's rock influence. So I'm excited for you to hear it. Oh, I'm very excited to hear. Yeah, we'll we'll sit down. I want to do a sit down in person interview with you because that's what we originally talked about doing. But then, you know, lockdown happened. So absolutely. I, man. I definitely want to sit down with you. I'll come up to your place in Muskoka and we'll just <laughs> sit. I sit just I deck. just I just bought a boat. So, um, oh, we'll, don't we'll, say we'll, that. we can do it on the boat. Oh, perfect. <laughs> do it on the boat. David, this this has been honestly been so great, man. Where, where can people find you and what you got going on? Um, I mean, uh, just, just, just type in David Boy James, um, anywhere really. And, um, anywhere you stream your music, uh, I'm very active on my Instagram and social media. All my social media is at David Boy James. And, uh, I got a record dropping in July. So keep an eye out for that. I'm really excited to put this one out. And I, I feel like I've really tapped in to who I am as an artist and, and that, that, that'll show in this record. I'm very excited to hear it. And I'm sure many of us are. All right. All of David's info is in the description down below. If you're watching us on YouTube or listening to us on Spotify, Apple podcasts, wherever you consume your podcast content. Thank you guys for watching, listening, subscribing, and all that. I'll see you in the next one. Take it easy. Peace.